the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, I'm Joe Sutton II. We've been enjoying Joe Sutton III for the last uh, month and a half, and as I've been going through different things, uh, you know, just, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's um, uh, sometimes it gets to be a struggle. I spent like about 12 days, uh, four days, then came home four days and eight days in the hospital. And, um, and I've been out for, for, for two weeks. And uh, so it's, it was definitely a learning experience, especially, you know, you're in the hospital eight days, you know, your time schedule gets flipped and uh, you just have a lot of time to either A, watch hospital TV or B, you know, sit, just lay back and reflect. Uh, after a while, I, I did a little bit of both, uh, laying back and reflecting. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be back, happy to be going full, still, uh, still rehabbing my shoulder. And, uh, and that's going along good. I have great range of motion and, and, uh, that's going good. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just, just really happy to be back on the radio and to share with you guys. Um, I don't know if you've ever been uh, to the Holy Land or if you've ever been to uh, Jerusalem. But, you know, when I remember walking through the old city when I was in Jerusalem and, you know, you go through the old city and the little narrow streetways and the shops and uh, people tugging on you, trying to get you to buy stuff. It depends on which quarter you're going through. And, uh, and I'm just walking there and I just thought back to the times of Christ. And it's one of the reasons it gave me inspiration for 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 doing this this show is the fact that that here I am um you know just looking at Jerusalem in, in the urban setting Jesus was in an urban setting and uh so he walked around the city um crucified in this city and the thing about the city that that sets it apart and especially when you're in an urban area is that you see everything. There's a little bit of everything. I mean, there was not only a temple <clears throat> that worshipped the most high God, but there was also a temples for different other gods that were going on. And, uh, and a lot of things went on the temple that were perverse or went there. And, you know, you're Paul talking about you know whether you should buy meat from those people because they sold their meat. Uh, you know, they burnt theirs in the Jewish temple, but they sold theirs in the other temples. And so you grow up seeing all these things, you know, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, grew up in Nazareth and uh, spent a lot of time in Galilee. And if you ever do go to the Holy Land, you see why Jesus spent a lot of time in Galilee. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's it's a beautiful spot. It's, it's a way to get away. 
But then he would come into the city. He would come into the city and, uh, you know, and it was it was a tough place. It was a tough place. And he visited other cities. You know, you look at other cities like Capernaum, where, you know, where, where Peter lived, you know, and, and you see how it was set up. And and, it, and it, what's so interesting to me is that um, you get to see the old and the new. The old has been kept. And at the same time, the new comes alongside of it. You know, when you're in Jerusalem, they had an old city. But then outside the old city, uh, you see the progressiveness like of a, of a new city. Uh, you know, you even find a McDonald's, you know, running around there. If you if you want to go find the Sabaros and Pizza Hut and Dunkin' Donuts, you just, you know, all those other things are there. And then in the old city, you find people selling wares, still selling off carts and, and everything there. And so even then, you still get a little bit of everything when you're looking at, at the city. And the thing about it is that it makes me want to do urban ministry is the fact that you know, you really, 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 really have to, to, to bear your nose down and really get into your word when you're discipling someone. Because I'm just going to give you an example of of in, in my part of the city. You know, you just can't say Jesus, you know, because you have three or four other groups out there saying Jesus. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses are saying Jesus. The Mormons are saying Jesus. The Levitical priesthood and lost Israelite tribe is saying Jesus. And so you have to be clear on the Jesus that you're talking about, because as people get exposed to a little bit of everything and then they start mixing it up and going there to the tomb where you have you do an outreach. You are serving hot dogs and kids ask you whether they're beef or pork. Right. Because they've been influenced by the nation of Islam or Islam in that, you know, they should not eat pork. And so they want to know if the hot dog is beef or pork, you know what I mean? And so you, you're just dealing with that in an urban context, you know what I mean? Because, because of the, the, the information and disinformation that that goes along with living in the city where you see all these things, it's hard for some people to even realize and come to a point that which one is really the truth. And while all the others are alive, because there are good people who are involved in these organizations and they might even be your aunt, your uncle, your your best friend or whatever. And to say that they're wrong and to say that they they won't they won't see God, they won't make it in the afterlife, they won't go to heaven. You know, it's hard for some people to digest and to understand. But you have to come in, you know, sometimes with a great theology, a solid theology but you have to have a flexible methodology because you how you speak to one person may not be the same way as you speak to another person you know but you have to say as we used to say you for christ you got to stay geared to the times but anchored to the rock you know you got to stay anchored to the rock in in what you do in your presentation and when i look at the life of jesus and how he navigated the city how he navigated you know, the, the, the urban areas so when he went into a city, you know, or he went into a town, you know, it was a little bit different than how it goes. And, and you can see the city has a lot of unbelief because people are exposed to a lot of different things. You know, it's not like you have uh, a town of people where everybody pretty much is, was Jewish or something like that. You had Jewish people who were friends of Rome, who weren't friends of Rome, who practicing, non-practicing. And, you know, and it's the same way today when we look at what we do. You know, you have some people that are being in church on Sunday, 
but raise hell on Monday, you know, because they don't really understand that Jesus being the same yesterday, today and forever. When we accept him into our heart, we, too, have to be the same yesterday, today and forever. And and we can't allow ourselves to, to, to have a flexible theology. You know, what I mean, we have to stay with a solid theology. But if you don't have anybody that's willing to teach you and disciple you and walk you through, you will end up, you know, being flexible. What I mean by being flexible is, as we used to say, one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And it, it gets to going. And you, you see that a lot of times. And so we, we wonder whether those people are really saved or what they're doing. It's not whether those people are really saved. It's have those people been taught. You know, have they been taught? We all need to be taught. You know what I mean? If all we're doing is having church services, all we're doing is meeting on Sunday morning, where does the teaching come in? We see that we're sliding to that as a body, right? Everybody shows up on Sunday morning. We can have two, 3,000 people there on Sunday morning. And then come Wednesday night Bible study, or if you still do Sunday school, most people don't even do Sunday school anymore because don't nobody come. And uh, you get the midweek Bible study, you have four or 500, you know, and, and you say, where are the rest of them? This small percentage, this 20, 25% of the people come back to be taught. You know, they, you know, they, they heard the preach word, they heard the worship, man, they got it on. Oh, and they was doing their thing, you know, and some of us make worship just like, oh, man, you don't even have to go to concert on Saturday night. As you know, Sunday morning, you just sit up there and get the blue light special, get your blue lights and your smoke and everything like that. And you come out of this wonderful thing. You go geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a great time. But where does the teaching come in? You know, when when I, I always ask someone this question. You know, I asked them, I said, who is your rabbi? Who is your teacher? Right. Who, who, do, who, you know, who do you, who do you look to, to give you the word of God? Who do you look to, to help you define or answer questions that are there? And most people just say myself, you know, they, they say themselves, they, they, they say, you know, I do, you know, and I said, that's not, that's not good enough. You know, who, who do you go to? Who is your rabbi? I say, even even George Lucas in his story writing always gave everybody a master. You know what I mean? Always gave everybody, uh, uh, you know, a Padawan to a master. You, you had someone who was teaching you the ways of the thing. Who's teaching you the ways of God? Who's, who's helping you apply the word of God to your work situation, to your, to your home situation and, and loving your children, disciplining your children. Who's teaching you the ways of God? You know, how, wh- where is that coming from? And so we miss that. You know, we, you know, the age old world of discipleship, or if you want to get men to modern, say mentoring, you know, where, where does it happen at now? You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I remember um, I grew up in a, spiritually in a smaller church and I, they were going to church. They had, <laughs> they had, the Sunday school, then service. They came back that afternoon for YPWW. And then Monday was an off day. Tuesday was Bible study. Wednesday was prayer meeting. And Friday night was evangelistic outreach. Now you're talking about people being in church a long time. You're talking about people being there. Now you can be in church a long time and still not learn. 
You can be in church a long time and still be going through motions. You can be in church a long time and still come up short. But I ask you this, when Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourself, right? You know, we can include church service in that. But, you know, he's talking about that one-on-one time. How are you spending time with that person who helps you get there? You know, and, and, and I remember telling my children, I said, don't, don't mistake me raising you for discipleship. I said, you still have to find someone that can mentor you and take you to a certain point. I can parent you, but I'm not going to disciple you. You know, it, that's just not going to happen. When you hear my voice, you, you're trained to hear daddy. You know, you're not hearing, you know, mentor or whatever. And, and the same thing with us. We have to get into that mode. We have to get into that reality that we need someone to walk us through this thing. Someone who's been there, not some, not, not no peer. You know, we just got saved together and we, you know, this is my best friend, but I need someone who's at least two steps ahead of me in this process. that can help me understand why I'm going through certain things can help me understand why I need to share things and why I need to add things into my life, you know, and, and, and I'm advocating that because in, especially in the urban context, you know, we need that, you know, and a lot of times people uh, come from, you know, a non-urban context, right. And they want to come into the city and they, they want to help. They want to get there and they get frustrated because they can't give the answer. They can give a scripture as to what needs to be done, right? But they can't give them application on how to do it because they look at the situation and to them the situation is like, how did you get in this mess in the first place? And and, and it's like, but it's not really getting into the mess. It's just a natural outcome of where you are. I'll give you an example of that. Um, as we as we move toward the end of this first segment, um, you know, in in my life growing up, um, I was the oldest, and I grew up in a in a violent neighborhood, and I had to learn how to fight, I, and I didn't have I couldn't call on a big brother, I couldn't even call on my father; he wasn't there, and so when certain situations arose, then you know I had to fight for mine. And in the in the context of being in that kind of environment, you know, you had to make a choice. Either you was going to be on the top or you was going to be on the bottom. I chose to be on the top. Right. So there was times that some people were on the bottom and they they received they received a beating that they probably should never receive. But in the context of that, as I got older, you know, my way of solving conflict was to fight. That's just just what it, what it was, and so I remember my mentor <laughs> trying to explain to me why I couldn't handle everything with my fist, and you know, and uh, me having a little bit of Bible knowledge, knowing about David and his mighty men and Saul and Jonathan, I said, you know, God might God wants me to kill them all, you know, what I mean? he said. No, man, you, you, it's a different day. You know what I mean? You have to pray. You have to do this. And it was so frustrating for me. I knew that biblically I couldn't solve conflicts with fighting, but I didn't know how to apply those scriptures to my life in a way that fit the context of what I was and how, 
how to take away that protection mechanism that I had, you know. And so as we look at uh, how we're going and things that we run up into in our context, you have to understand that sometime in the urban context, we run up on some things that are really, really tough. And we see that you don't might not see every day. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Joe Sutton. Glad to be back. And we'll come back after the break and talk a little bit more. I've been down before the cover, body stressing. Baby, I'm too busy counting all these blessings. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Mission listeners throughout the Twin Cities are calling the Good News Line. Call in and tell us what Bible teachers and topics have touched your life and why you listen each day. Share your favorite mission memories, and you could hear your voice on air. Yeah, just calling, just uh, say my appreciation. I want you to know that I listen every morning. Thank you for being a great station. Call the Good News Line today at 651-289-4434. Thanks for listening to AM 980 The Mission. Welcome back to Isaiah 61. Pastor Joe Sutton here. Rocking a little bit of bass. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to be back. Good to be back. And, and, you know, as I was just, you know, just reflecting once again on, on Jesus growing up in, in, uh, in, in uh, out by Galilee, in Nazareth, and then looking at when you got to Jerusalem. I remember walking down the, the Via Della Rosa, you know, where you go through the stations of the cross and you're walking down there. And, um, and that street was so narrow. And it was long. And I'm going to tell you what came to my mind as I was walking down that street. How do you run from the police in this town? Right. (laughs) Ain't no alleys. Ain't no cutway. Ain't no nothing but a straight shot. You either got to run up in one of these shops. And I was like, they got a back door back there or something like that where you can get away. That's my urban mindset. I'm wondering how you get away from the police. You know what I mean? They go to go through there. You know what I mean? Other people is just looking at the architecture and, Everything like that, and in my mind, how you get away from police? Then we went to the to the to the jail where Jesus got locked up at, and I was looking at there like, yeah, you ain't breaking out of this jail, you know what I mean? It's like going up there, and so my mind is like on a whole different plane. And I remember the tour guide looking at me and like shaking their head because they were like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know, but I'm looking at the city from an aspect of how I grew up, looking at the city and 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 where it was, and uh. And, you know, and I, I didn't really, really have a like for it, you know what I mean? Because it was just, you know, I would go walk around at night and I would see how the soldiers and the police treated the Palestinians. And, um, you know, I, it just didn't sit well with me. And then when I they were out there calling themselves gang fighting, that was funny. That was worse than Benny and the Jets, you know what I mean? It, you know, watching them you know, fight and go back and forth. And some gang from Tel Aviv came down and terrorizing people in Jerusalem. And I was out just watching and his cat was crying because they jumped him. And, and I looked at him like, they didn't really jump you, dude, because if they had jumped you, you would have looked like 
you'll look much worse than what you did. You know, he had like a little ring under his eyes and probably not on his head. That was it. You know what I mean? I guess it was a Holy Land jump, and I don't know what it was. But, you know, I'm out there catching urban nightlife and trying to compare it to, you know, where it got there. And and it was a lot going on. There was clubs going on. There were people on the corner rapping and singing for money and, and as prostitutes. It was everything that, that you see in an urban context. It just wasn't as... as um, large or as or as, as as dramified as you probably would find even in Minneapolis, and uh, you know, but for Jerusalem, I guess it was that's what it was, and, you know, uh, and so the night before the yeshiva students had beat up a pro basketball player, it just was a lot going on out there, and, and but I, I tried to take my mind back into the times of Christ, and Christ walking along, there's Roman soldiers on there, there's gambling going on, there's all this stuff going on. And, and here's the Messiah, right? Here's the Messiah. And, and to me, the greatest triumph when it comes to an urban setting is Jesus comes in and they throw down the palms and the jack coats and they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And you can imagine this in in, 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 uh, in the city and, and, and these guys are, are, are just worshiping this cat coming in town and everybody's looking like, who is well, what is going on? Who is he? Or when they were anticipating him to show up, you know, during the holidays to teach and everybody's wondering if the past where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Is he coming? Is he coming? Is he coming? And and then he comes. So you can imagine when a when a city is uh, uh, that's so diverse, that has so many different options, has so many things going on, and yet everybody was anticipating the coming of the Messiah. You know, that is my prayer for the urban area that that revival would come and people would anticipate the coming of Jesus, that they, they, they would look to the coming of Jesus, that they would be excited about the coming of Jesus. And and as me and others who are laboring in the vineyard, who planting seeds there, the purpose of Isaiah 61 is to let you as a community know that God is working in the city of Minneapolis, you know, he's working with our young people. He's working with our older people. You know, he's working through our pastors and leaders. And, uh, and though at times the news may make it seem like it's bleak, you know, you have to ask yourself this question. What would it be like if we weren't working? You know, because the size of Minneapolis, you look at the size of Minneapolis and you look at Minneapolis crime statistics. And they don't match other cities that are that way. And we get so depressed about what we see, the 25, 30 murders and things like that, that we don't realize that, you know, that's one good weekend in Chicago. I mean, New Orleans is a little bit close to double our size, and they have 600 murders. You know, you know, it, it, you, know you look at other cities our size, and, and, uh, and we're calm. Now, one murder is one too many because some family is hurt. Somebody is there some assault, some rape, some break-in, whatever the crime statistic is. But, you know, I believe that that we are to celebrate the effectiveness of the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, in our community so far. And there, there are much, to be, much other things that can be done that we can do as a body, that we can achieve, but we have to celebrate the fact that God is moving and he is working. You know what I mean? And when we get there, you know, as we embark upon, as April comes up, 
and you'll hear me talk about it more uh, in the coming weeks uh, as we start our um, summer program. We start recruiting for our summer program, our eight-week everyday program uh, where we you know get a hold of young kids and, and uh, we go through education, we go through purpose of life, and then we also do athletics. You know, we have we have we teach them a sport every week, you know. And as we go and start raising funds, you know, for that and uh, to help kids who can't pay, pay. And then we our staff is made up of high school and college students who have come through our program, and uh, and so we raise money for that too, you know. Because the thing about it is, is that as we prepare the way for the Lord, as we prepare these young voices, as we prepare them to come out and be leaders in our community and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to their peers and to their family so that, that, that one day, hopefully in my lifetime, you know, we will hear people say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they will prepare a spiritual pathway for the Lord Jesus Christ to enter into the hearts of men and women, not only in North Minneapolis, but all over the state of Minnesota. That's our goal. That's our plan. God bless you. It's good to be back. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.